it's John and Casey here from Are You Real? And we've been sleeping on my pillow now for over a month. And I'm telling you, our sleep has improved drastically. So what are you waiting for? When are you going to jump on board and start experiencing the kind of restorative sleep you need in your life? Are you waiting for a better offer? Well, your wait is over because if you go to MyPillow.com right now, you can take advantage of the MyPillow four-pack offer, right, John? That's right. You get two premium MyPillows and two to-go anywhere pillows at half off. Just go to MyPillow.com, use my code REAL, and get 50% off. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter promo code REAL, or call 1-800-943-4615. But don't forget, you got to use promo code REAL. Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Hey, Roar Nation, John Fuller here, and I am fired up. So I just spent the last 12 to 15 minutes getting some behind-the-scenes information about hearing God's voice, how that impacts uh, our guests' life, what they do in business, career, family, marriage. Uh, I'm really excited for that. If you're interested, uh, please let us know. You can get on our Facebook page. We're going to be creating a closed Facebook page to get you guys more behind-the-scenes info to help you guys um, just get empowered by Jesus uh, just to dominate um, the field that you're called to and whatever God has you for. So, That being said, I'm going to quit rambling because I'm excited. Michelle Gomez, you fired and ready to roar. I am. All right. Okay, so Roar Nation, check this out. Michelle is a self-proclaimed reform corporate burnout. She has managed to find a slower pace of career that allowed her time and space to address the imposter syndrome, which we're going to dive into. Michelle then turned her attention to helping others, high achievers, recognize and overcome their imposter syndrome struggles. She has written a book about her own journey talking about own your brilliant. So, all right, Michelle, I scratched the surface. That doesn't tell us anything to be honest, except that, man, you're going to just rock our world today. That being said, why don't you give us a 30,000 foot view of kind of who you are background a little bit and what you do. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, So I am, like the bio says, a reformed corporate burnout. I come from immigrant parents, and I'm the first generation in my family born here. I I have really just come up in the ranks as in the logistics field, being a woman in the workforce, and I encountered a lot of messaging that told me I didn't belong, that I had crashed the party somehow. Uh, You know, I was the wrong age, the wrong gender, and the wrong ethnic background (laughs) for anyone who should hold a leadership role. (laughs) Yeah, in the companies and in the organization as a whole. And that, in the 19 years I've been in the industry, I've noticed a paradigm shift, and I'm seeing more and more uh, diversity, more and more women in the workforce. And I'm very grateful that I'm in the position that I'm in now, because I have been able to not only come up myself, but help others in the industry sort of show up from a place of worthiness because I 
let them understand that their value is inherent to them and that they have a purpose because they were created and meant to be here at this time for this for this purpose. And so what I do is as an imposter syndrome survivor, I have spent much of my time in researching what this imposter syndrome is, how it shows up, its five competency types, and I started doing the work three years ago to reframe my thought patterns because I had just become so ingrained on needing the validation that it was okay for me to be here. And so it was okay for me to have the success that I had. So, and that, so that, back up real quick. I want to ask you this. And uh, what industry are you in? I'm just curious. Trucking? I, or? Yes, the logistics, transportation, and supply chain. It's all one big thing. But yeah, trucking, basically, transportation. Okay. So yeah. that makes sense. It's male-dominated. I'm, I'm in construction. So, I mean, it's very safe to say. I mean, it's a, I, I work. Uh, my wife works with me, and I work with other women. But yeah, it's, it's a male-dominated industry. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so what I've done with that is, you know, I spent so much time there and it's, it's doing very, very well. I'm still, I still active in that industry, but what I've done in the last uh, three years to reframe my, my experience so that I can, I can work through the imposter syndrome using my faith um, has really encouraged me to support others in their walk, both in their success and in their spirituality. And I wrote a book because of it. So I've, I've since written a book. It's called Own Your Brilliance. It was published uh, June 6th on Amazon. And um, I've also co- started coaching people with the process I established in my book to help them work through their own imposter uh, experience in their careers. Okay, so let's back up because we're all about like kind of discovering purpose and falling into that. So do you feel like getting into the logistics transportation stuff was kind of like your purpose or do you feel like that was more of a stepping stone of kind of discovering who you are and then allowing you to help women so this is a double-sided question i apologize but going into from there what would you say like give me kind of your journey as far as like getting into it and some of the things that like you had to overcome uh, stepping into, like, if you felt like you're called to logistics or you feel more called to what you're doing now, and has that been a stepping stone? Well, um, I think what, what God has blessed me with as far as my talent or my skill set so yes. are things that thrive in the logistics industry. So things like uh, time management and multitasking, staying under budget, uh, being organized, able to deal with high stress environments, make quick, effective decisions. These are all things that are necessary to be a successful logistician. And I was inherently gifted with those things. Maybe because I'm just this, you know, I'm such a type A, you know, I just want things done at a, you know, in a certain level of excellence within a certain time frame, organized, adequate, appropriate, accurate, all those things. Right. And so I, I can't, I kind of held a caliber that was really, really high for myself. Nobody needed to, to impose it on me. I just had it. And so finding the logistics industry was kind of a blessing because it's like maybe in other places or in other industries, that level of perfectionism would be deemed as a nuisance, you know, but like if you, if I was in a creative space, I probably wouldn't thrive at 19, but I fell into the logistics industry, uh, an accident 
And uh, when I was 19, you know, I had gone, I was in my uh, first year of college and I went to an agency and I said, you know, I, I'm trying to look for work, you know, just something administrative. And when they, when they did a test on me for my strengths, they said, oh, you know, you, you're, you would really thrive in the logistics industry. And so they started sending me to interview for temp roles at, um, and logistics companies, you know, 3PLs, warehousing, uh, supply chain management type organizations. And I got uh, placed there and they hired me on a few months later. And I've just been in that industry ever since. Okay. So um, real quick, and I'm going to just cut you off in certain places because there's things that just interest me. So you tested for that. It seemed like a fit, but what was your thoughts though at a young age? Cause I'm, I'm just thinking kind of out loud, like, were you, did that have any interest to you or were you like, I don't really care. I just need a job. I'm open to it. I mean, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't have necessarily an interest, you know, it was more like, yeah, I needed to work. Cause I, 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 um, prided myself on always being busy, you know, I needed to be busy. And while I had a full schedule for, for classes, I didn't want to, you know, be fully engulfed in just school. I wanted an income. I needed to have an income somehow. And so um, I had sought out this job opportunity so that I can get myself out of my parents' house and live on my own. And so um, I didn't necessarily seek it out. They just kind of matched me up. But another side of it was I'm strong at relationship building. And so in the industry, the, the logistics industry, it's not just planning and getting things to and fro, you know, with, with accuracy and under budget and under timeline, but relationships are so strong in this industry that, um, it sort of allowed me to use both talents. I was like, wow, okay. I love talking to people. I love meeting people. I love learning from people. And I was a big sponge, you know, like, I think that's why I love self-help books so much. Cause I just love learning and I love mastery and I love, you know, hearing different perspective. And, and, and I think nuggets of wisdom are, have always been so invaluable to me. And in the industry where you build relationships and there's people that have been doing this a lot longer than you have, those nuggets were available to me. I can t- take someone out to lunch. I can spend an hour with someone in their office and just pick their brain. And so I didn't necessarily seek it out, but it just was an industry that appreciated what I had to give inherently. Um, during this journey, uh, would you say that you kind of had an inspirational scripture? Do you have like a life scripture or just maybe even one for the season that you're in right now? Oh, I do, actually. I've, I've been reading this really amazing, um, um, gosh, uh, uh, devotional around fear. And, um, because, you know, when, when you're starting something like that, you've never done, like I never written a book before. I'm an avid reader. I read a book a month, but you know, stepping out and actually writing a book, stepping out and actually sharing your thoughts on a blog, um, doing seminars, speaking at events about your experiences, being on podcasts, this is all, you know, showing up right in a sense. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> that could be scary <laughs> yeah. when you're used to when you're used to just staying in your office or sitting behind a cubicle and just doing tasks. Now it's being methodical, inspirational, being used for a higher purpose. And that can be scary. And so I focused on devotionals around fear to help so that God can kind of soothe my my pain about this, you know, and um and of course, that the one that sticks out to me a lot is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. 
be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that's the one that stuck to you, especially in this season, because it's easy when you're fear prone as in your carnal space to go to God and leave things at the altar. And but then we kind of want to go back and pick it up and fix it ourselves. So that's why I I meditate on the scripture, because I need to remind myself, like, just leave it here. Okay. Don't, don't go back. Don't try to, don't try to pick it up again. Just let it stay. Um, and so that's why the post-its are so helpful. (laughs) I I love that. It's a great scripture. Michelle, I want to, I love going on journeys. Um, as far as, uh, I love stories because I love showing kind of like those Moses moments where you're kind of at the Red Sea, God parts the water. But right before that, you're like, God, are you even going to show up? Can you take me down, and maybe this is even in the process of why you wrote your book, or like you, you talk about corporate burnout, but can you take me down a story where you kind of, is like, it couldn't be any worse than this, and, yes. then, and then I want to hear the outside, because God always shows up if we allow him, um, so I would love to hear, like, this is as bad as bad as it's going to get, but God shows up. Do you have a story like that? I do. So... um I was at this logistics job for uh, just under 13 years. I grew up there, you know, and I first started there. I had just got married. This is how funny. I was so excited because it was the first email uh, email address I was going to get that had my married name, Gomez. And I was just something about having that first email with my married name on it was just so exciting to me. So I, uh, I took that job in 2004 and um, I cut my teeth there. I grew up there. I, you know, like I said, I just got married. And during the 12 to 13 years I was there, I bought my first home. I had both my children, you know, my coworkers threw me baby showers and they celebrated me buying my house and kids being sick. And, you know, it it was just that it was like a family, you know, and my boss had poured so much of his wisdom and his time into me. And he believed in me and he opened doors for me. You know, when I, when I, there wasn't ever a woman in that role before, or there wasn't ever a minority in that role before he believed in me and, and saw past my immaturity, saw past my need for perfectionism and saw potential. And so over the years, he had just opened doors and an opportunity for me to get leadership development. You know, he sent me to seminars and he helped me to learn my, learn more about myself as this logistics professional. And so a lot of my identity was ingrained in being the regional transportation manager at so-and-so logistics. It was like this badge of honor. And that badge created such a, such a, I guess I was so confident in it that I didn't want to let it go. And I was so scared to let it go. I was scared that it would all be pulled away from me. And so I worked myself to the bone. I work, 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 work. I was 80% my job, 80% of my heart, my mind, my, my body, my everything, my energy. So it's safe to say that was your identity. Yes. Okay. It was my identity. And so when your identity is put on something that is just exterior, it's, it's on, it's in the world. You know, it's scary because you're like, it could be taken at any time because man can do what man does, right? So they can decide tomorrow she's not it for the job. We're going to have to let her go, you know, or we're, we're going to eliminate that position. And so I had to constantly prove myself. But over time, 
you know, people can change. And after 12 years, what else did this man have to give me? What else did this company have to offer me? You know, there was no further growth opportunity. There was no more time spent with personal development. There was no other uh, incentives that were put in place to help cultivate the culture. And I started to feel stagnant. I started to get frustrated and I started to get scared and I overworked myself to the bone. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't, you know, keeping up with the laundry. I wasn't cooking regularly. I wasn't working out. I wasn't eating right. I was just constant in this constant fear that if I slow down, they're going to realize that I'm now expendable. And so I asked God, I'm like, this can't continue because I started to feel guilty that 80% of me was given to this job and 20% was left for everyone else to kind of split up. That included my husband, my children, my mom, my siblings, my friends, everyone else. And and me, there was no room for me. There was definitely no me time. And so I asked God, I'm like, God, please, I need to be able to slow down. I can't do this. This is unsustainable because I was not resting. I was not happy anymore. And um, creating this unhealthy lifestyle that and doing some of the things that these high powered executives are doing to cope, you know, like drinking too much wine, medicating, you know, not not sleeping, overly agitated, making poor decisions due to lack of sleep, lack of creativity. These are things that I started to see in myself. And I'm like, this isn't good. I'm going to hit a wall here. And things other, my body was reacting as well. My hair started to fall out, breaking out in hives, weight gain, weight loss. Uh, And it just, it was just not a good time. I was miserable, unhappy, scared, and exhausted all at the same time. And I just thought, God, please, there has to be another way. I want to continue to grow. Like I, at the time I was 35 and I'm, th- I'm about to be 35. And I was like, really, have I really tapped out at 35? I'm not going to learn anything else. This is it. And I just, I asked God, like, there has to be more. And, um, I, he was like, okay, he, he came to me in prayer time and he's like, well, why don't you look for growth and out outside of this, these walls of this organization? And I did something crazy and I went and I applied for graduate school. Not only did I apply for it, I got in. That has to be God. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I haven't been graduated with my bachelor's years before. I'm like, I haven't, you know, I haven't done a term paper or taken a test in years. I am not prepared for this. But God opened up the opportunity to go to a school and, and obtain my MBA. But as I got accepted, I'm like, how am I going to keep up with schoolwork when I can barely keep up with the dishes? Like, I just, I can't. This is too much. The What I've gotten myself used to, the workload and the commitment to this job. How am I going to do this? I'm going to fail this MBA course. And um, so I just asked God, please, God, open up opportunities. You know, I, I need to slow down. I need I need to slow down, but still grow. And it, so- it sounded so opposite. It sounded counterintuitive. I'm like, the only one who's going to make sense of this is him. He gets it. He knows what I'm asking for. I just want to slow down, but still do more or grow. And so... Um, my, like I just mentioned earlier, relationships in this industry are so vital. And I, in the time that I had spent at this organization, I had built relationships with so many outside salespeople, other companies, other um, trucking organizations, brokers. And so I made a lot of friends. And one of my friends um, had called me and said, Hey, I need someone on the West Coast. And I said, um, Okay. 
And when he told me about it, he's like, you know, you'd work from home. It's a sales role. I'll teach everything. I just need someone who lives on the West, who knows the geography and has a lot of relationships with the West Coast based customers. And um, he's like, you will have zero direct reports. I was like, wow, this is a dream. Working from home, no direct reports. I make my own schedule and they were going to double my salary. Oh, my like, gosh. That is only God. Yeah. Only God. Like, I went from having 27 direct reports to having zero. You know, and for I was, I was like, flabbergasted and grateful and scared all at the same time. Like, really, God, are you sure? Like, I've never done sales before. I've always been in operations. I don't know that I'm going to do this well. But, you know, gosh, doubling my salary as I'm about to step into grad school, that's going to cost me money. I could really use this right now. And Lord, you know, God just worked it out. And so parting the Red Sea was this time, this like, I'm losing it, Lord. I can't, I'm I'm scared that I'm going to end up in the hospital if something doesn't change quickly. And I mean, literally I got that phone call, um, Black Friday was the tw- the day, the Friday after Thanksgiving, and I was turning in my two-week notice at that current job by the second week of December. It happened fast. So God wow. acts quickly when it's meant to be in, like, you know, and it, it was, I realized that it was just the falling at your feet and just, like, surrendering. Like, I, I don't have time to even go out and apply for jobs or interview. You know, I, 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 this is how busy I am and I'm scared and, and I don't, I don't know that this is going to cost me my marriage if I don't do something about it. And so just surrendering the need and letting him work it out. That was the biggest lesson. I love that. So I had this conversation with one of my best friends yesterday. This is interesting. You talk about that. Um, you talked about like feeling like we had to go into overdrive to work, right? Like we're constantly just grinding out, uh, to sustain maybe a job or a business or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was having this conversation with my friend and I was thinking about, you know, that's the curse. So for non-believers, it talks about in the, in the old Testament that that was the curse that was set on Adam and Eve in Genesis. Okay. And what's interesting is, is so many people still live under the curse but the but Jesus says that he's broken the curse. He bore our iniquities, bore our sins. The curse is broken. And really, we should be working from a place of peace and a place of rest because he's the Father's our provider. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management is a nonprofit organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis, 1-800-741-8205. Again, that number, 1-800-741-8205. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Give us a call today. 
So Michelle, um, diving into kind of like your story, your burnout, um, God totally just showing up, giving you doubling your salary with less work, which I absolutely just am just mesmerized by that story. I love that, how God does that. Did you kind of have, or have you had a moment where you're kind of like, okay, God, these are my gift skills, all this stuff I've done. This is what I'm created to do. Like, have you had that moment recently? Like, I, this is what I need to be doing. And you kind of had that aha. Well, yes, definitely. After connecting with the people that I had helped throughout my career personally, you know, people who I mentored on the side, outside of the work. Um, when I see them growing and evolving and doing well, I'm like, wow, there's something outside of these walls that I should be doing, you know, and I'm comfortable with connecting with people. And through the work that God has done in me, I, I have the ability to create a safe space for people, for people's brokenness. Like I don't necessarily, I'm not afraid of your brokenness. You know, if you are struggling with depression or struggling with anxiety or, you know, whatever, the imposter syndrome has a lot of ways of showing up. And so whatever your competency is and your experience and how it's showing up and hindering you, I, I understand. And so I have a way of reframing that experience so that somebody can start to do the work to move past it. Um, instead of, uh, trying to seek blame or trying to, um, trying to make excuses for why you can't do something. It's more of understanding your competency and reframing it and using it to catapult you to the next level, whatever that is. And so with working moms, that's my, my sweet spot because I understand the narrative that we carry about what we're supposed to be, what, you know, we're supposed to be good at it all. And so when I was able to break through and show up in my own life and career from which the place of grace and gratitude, standing in my brilliance, and then I used that to help others achieve their own level of brilliance, I thought, okay, there's there's something more to this. There's got to, I see, God gave me a vision of like the book writing because he knows I love books and sitting across from Oprah and, you know, speaking at forums and panels for women in leadership and pioneering the idea of it being okay to ask for what you need because that's what's so hard for us for women in in the workforce we are so afraid to make it look like we need some help because we somehow equivalent that to being unqualified okay that's a great question i mean obviously i wouldn't know that because i'm a man um (laughs) so that's like a behind the scenes thing i'm just curious so that's like a struggle I'm assuming that you've you found with your clients that women struggle like and well take that back I think maybe not just women I think maybe guys too are inherently people don't want to ask maybe for help because they feel it makes them show weak or incompetent or Mm -hmm. things like that so what would be um, the majority of our listeners are actually women what would you say like what would you tell them. In, in, in that situation or, you know, if, if a woman came to you on our show and says, Hey, that's, you know, that's my struggle about asking for help. What, what would you tell them? Well, I would help them understand that you, you are a human, you know, and you, you have two hands, that's it. And so in order to do the things that you are meant to do, you have to prioritize your time and energy 
effectively. And so if that means as something as simple as, you know, hey, honey, can you do laundry because I'm on a conference call or asking your parents, can you pick up the kids for me from school because I have to attend a conference? Um, whatever it is that thrives you, that makes you feel in your purpose and in your, in your space of genius, you know, th- there's things that are sort of mundane to us that cloud our judgment of time. So I can get wrapped up in cleaning my house and uh, walking the dogs and cooking, you know, because I think that that is a part of my identity. Like, like I am measured by the type of woman I am, but because of how clean my house is or how um, healthy the meals are that I cook and how well behaved my children are and how happy my husband is. And so there's so much around our our experience that the narrative is that we need to be good at it all and you can be good at it all, but you need help. (laughs) You need it. it, There's no shame in hiring a cleaning service to come in once every other week to help do the stuff you don't have time or don't want to do. So that if, if that creates space in your mind for creativity and purpose, then do it. You know, otherwise if you're spending two to four hours cleaning and those two to four hours could have been spent coaching someone or writing something amazing, you know, or, or speaking at an event of people that you are meant to pour into, then it takes away from that purpose. So I encourage women to know like you can, you can do it all, but you don't have to do it all. There's people that can help. You just have to be okay and not judge yourself for asking for help. Because a lot of times what happens is we're so easy. We're so eager to help someone else. But if we're unwilling to accept help, it's because we've placed judgment on asking for help. And when we do that, that means that when we help someone else, we don't do it without just a smidgen of judgment because we've attached judgment to need. And so I try to help them work through that. Don't judge yourself for needing help because if it clears your mind and your heart to do purposeful work, but hiring other people or asking other people to help pick up the pieces other places, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't make you less of anything, less of a woman, less of a daughter, less of a mother, wife, or friend. Yeah, that's powerful. And I'm, I'm great you brought that up. So we're excited that you brought that up. Okay, Michelle, what do you feel like your biggest strength is in what you do? I think I'm just a natural born encourager, really. I just, yeah, I, I find that sometimes talking to people, just having a conversation and letting God just use me to deliver a message. I find that that's where my, my sweet spot is because I do it all the time. It ha- John, it could be at the airport meeting someone for 40 minutes. And we at the end of the 40 minutes, we exchange cards and I'll get an email or a text message from that person a week later saying, I'm still shook from that conversation we had. Like the, the message that you gave me is something I needed to hear because I had been struggling with this for five years or 10 years or whatever. And I just, I needed to hear that. I get it now. And so I think that that's my gift is just being a natural encourager and succumbing or just allowing myself to be used to deliver really important messages. Okay. I love that. So my question to that would be, do you feel like there is a weakness in that? There's an overextension of your strength or what would you say a weakness is that you have? I think a weakness that I have is knowing when to shut it off. 
because, you know, sometimes I just want to be quiet. Gosh, I even prayed that exact prayer this morning in my prayer time. Lord, can I just be quiet for a moment? You know, um, there's times that I just, I wish I didn't, I didn't always feel so strongly about having to say something. You know, like I see, I hear people struggling with things and I want to come in with a scripture or come in with a word of encouragement or, or talk about a book. Like, you got to read this book because this is right up your alley with what you're dealing with. You know, and sometimes people don't want you to fix it. They just want you to listen. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true to that. I, I think you're speaking to a lot of men, actually, on that one for uh, wives. Uh, I'm just laughing because a lot of times I know my wife just needs to vent or talk. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, how do I fix this? And it's, she's like, I don't want you to fix anything. I just want you to listen. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. So, okay. So what is the biggest thing that God is stirring inside of you right now that you're excited about? The biggest thing he's stirring inside me right now is just the connections that I'm making, you know, meeting the people that I'm meeting. I've been doing a lot of uh, messaging on LinkedIn and connecting with other uh, coaches. And um, I've actually got a whole slew of new author friends um, through the book coach that I hired a couple of months ago. Um, So just the people that I'm meeting, it's so cool that the people in the logistics industry that I've you know, had relationships with for a very long time are celebrating the book and they're celebrating me stepping out. And that's great. Even my boss is really supportive of it all. Um, but other people now like talking to pastors, talking to, uh, women empowerment organizations, other, like I said, other coaches, other authors, um, that's really expanding my circle a little bit of, of network. And I think that's really cool. So, cause I, I trust that God, I've asked God actually specifically to bring people to my circle that will help influence, elevate, uh, encourage me as I go. Because as you know, when, when you step out and sometimes God's going to take you to other places that your initial circle can't go, you know, like some, some relationships change. Right. And um, not everyone is on board with what you're trying to do. And uh, and I've experienced some of that. But it's like when someone else leaves, I get a new person come in that's like right, you know, right. That's the right type of person, the right energy, the right maturity level, the right um, understanding to help push me through. Okay. I want to uh, ask you this. Um, uh, I want to talk about your book as well. Your, uh, or we have talked about uh, Own Your Brilliance as well. Um, and, and we're going to have that on our website. I want to promote that. But that being said, has there been another resource or maybe another book um, that you've read recently that's impacted um, kind of who you are or the journey that you're on right now? Oh, you know, I like I said earlier, I read about a book uh, a month. And so I have about probably a core of authors that have really poured into me through my journey. Um, so the ones that stand out to me are... Uh, Brene Brown, love her, love her stuff. Um, Iyanla Van Zant, and I really enjoy reading the stuff from Pastor John Gray. So um, the book that probably stood out the most as I was writing my book, or what encouraged me to push forward, was the book Trust by Iyanla Van Zant. Okay, and we'll have to check that out and. Uh see what we got on there now i've already kind of asked you 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 already mentioned a little bit as far as like spending time in your war room 
Um, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go back to the beginning of the show. But just spending time with the Lord, what would you say is like a personal daily habit or weekly habit, however you want to apply that, uh, to having a solid walk uh, in your faith? Oh, it's going to seem <laughs> sort of uh, silly, but I started practicing very recently, probably in about uh, two months, social media detoxing on the weekends. Um, somebody shared this with me, another author friend of mine, and she's like, you know what I do is because we spend so much time on social media, connecting with potential clients, connecting with people who want to have a strategy call with you, people with questions, you know, your blogging and your media campaigns and your Facebook lives. And your there's so much that we're doing online to grow and brand your business that you really have to be careful not to get wrapped up into it too much. And so I started logging off on Friday evenings and staying off of everything until Monday morning. Yeah. How's that working? I I love that because I'm with you. I think sometimes it's so easy to get consumed in, in that. I'm just curious, what has been the outcome of that? I mean, it's definitely allowed me to be more present and less, distracted and concerned of, for things that I don't need to be just concerned with right now. You know, like I log off everything, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I will, I'll try, I'll try not to check my emails. You know, I basically only look at my phone if I hear a text message come through or I get a phone call. Um, and then, um, I recently renewed our, uh, Disneyland passes. My kids and I, we adore Disneyland. So, um, and I would use my phone to take pictures and then I would be tempted to post pictures of us at Disneyland. And then, you know, you go, you know, I'm not one of those people that is really good about posting and then just leaving it. Like, I want to go back and see like who, who commented on it, you know, who liked it. And so I stopped, do, stopped doing that it was really nice. I just took my camera with me and just decided to take photos with my camera. I, gave, I gifted myself for Christmas to a Canon. So I would take my Canon camera with me now to Disneyland and I take photos with my beautiful photos with my brand new Canon that I download later and share later. And so what I doing this, I, if I do take photos on my phone or using my camera, I actually don't even get around to sharing them till Monday. And I'll say something like, oh, look what a great weekend I had. And what I'm hoping to do is for people that are following me, that are considering me as their potential career growth coach, um, they understand that I, I really enforce balance and I value personal family time. And so as a, in order to put that into practice, the social media detoxing on the weekends has been tremendous. It's been a game changer. It really has. I got to give you uh, props for that one, Michelle. I have to say that's probably the best advice I think I've heard on my show in almost two years. So, oh, uh, and I just, I say that because I think that's just something that I need to do myself and my wife and I've talked about it because it's, um, it, it always so easily can go overboard. So anyways, I love that advice. All right. So one question that I never skip that you get to answer, Michelle, if you could go back to a younger you, what age would you go to and what advice would you give yourself? But you can't change any, you're not going to change anything in your future. You're just going to give yourself, you know, you're already gifted with motivational pep talks. So you get to go back to any age and you're going to go give yourself a pep talk. I would go back. I love this question, by the way. And it's a question that I I tend to ask people myself when I meet them just to kind of break the ice. Um, But 
I would go back to my 23-year-old self. And I would tell her to start doing everything that she's doing for herself. Don't look for external validation. Don't expect someone else to give her a gold star. Just to do it for herself because that's what's going to matter at the end of the day. Good advice. Okay. Michelle, I love, um, man, I love your journey. I love you just being vulnerable and talking about obviously burnout and being, you know, a, a struggle that you have uh, as a woman, a mom, uh, business, just life. I, I love hearing people's struggles because there's vulnerability in that, but, but in that it allows our listeners to connect with you on a level that, you know, we can't always connect with people and just see that like, we're not the only ones struggling. And uh, so I I just want to tell you, thank you uh, for just being real. That's obviously the name of our show about being real and authentic. So I just want to honor you in that and tell you, thank you. Um, That being said, as we wrap this up, how can, um, what would be a last piece of advice that you would give our listeners? To not be afraid of self-awareness. You know, I feel that sometimes as Christians, we can get so wrapped up in, um, what the word says we're supposed to be and do. And I mean, it's a great guide for sure, but we're, we, we're not of this world, but we're in it. Right. So being that we're still here and we're still surrounded by everything that tells us that we are the opposite of what God says we are, because we're being measured against so much. It's okay to be self-reflective from a space of surviving the time we have here. Okay, don't don't over spiritualize everything. You know, it takes guts and it takes blood, sweat and tears to work through this experience. And if that means you need to ask for help, seek help, um, talk to a, a, a psychologist, a doctor, a pastor, reach out for a women's support group, look for a book, find out what emotional intelligence is. You know, these are things that are still gifts from God because they were they were purposed through someone at some point for us to learn about and hear about and and put into practice. And I just would really caution people not to, well, you know, I, I have all these problems, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to sit here and wait for the job to come. I'm just going to sit here and pray and wait for... Um, the revel, the rate for the answer to come to me without me putting out an effort. It takes effort as well. God gave us free will, so we have to put in the work also. You know, a really good book that that talks about this is um, the Hollywood Commandments by um, Devon Frank Devon Franklin, and he talks about that as well. Like it, it's like you can't just sit on your couch and expect opportunity to come to you you know, benevolently, (laughs) you need to put in the work as well. And so don't get so caught up in spiritual dogma that you don't put in your effort as well, because God needs you to step out in order for him to bless you. We used to have this old saying, and I know a lot of people have heard it before, but I had friends that would just sit around and like, what are you doing today? Oh, just praying, waiting to hear on God or whatever. And I'm, I'm telling you, this would go on forever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I remember the saying say, you know, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And because uh, we can get so caught up in just the, the spiritual aspect of it that like there's no practicality to life. And it's like God can give you a revelation. But if, if you don't go out and do it, all it is is just a revelation. It doesn't actually become anything. Correct. Correct. And I think especially in these times where 
we have people in higher power using the word to justify lacks of, you know, uh, actions of unlove and, and intolerance. And, and you know, we're, it's, it's this, we have to be the change. We have to step out and show what Christianity is about. And that means working on ourselves constantly because we're imperfect people and we're surrounded by imperfect people. And if we learn to love ourselves despite our imperfections and still step out and live purposeful lives, then we can love other people on their journey as well, no matter how far ahead or behind they are. But I think that's that's what I, advice I give people. Don't. It's great that you ha- focus more on the relationship, your relationship with him and how he wants you to then use that sentiment on your relationship with others. Don't get so caught up in the word that you are just stuck in this space where you're just sitting around waiting for things to happen and you justify poor behavior. Amen to that. Great advice. Okay, so Michelle, how do our listeners uh, connect with you if you want to, uh, and I recommend buy your book, we want you to come speak, uh, conferences, anything like that. How do we get a hold of you? Going to my website, it is www.michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, middle initial M, last name Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z.com, michellemgomez.com. You can go on there and you can get access to me to schedule a, a free strategy call to talk about what your experience is right now and how we could potentially change directions for you so that you can begin to work through this imposter syndrome and just show up from a place of worthiness and gratitude. And also, um, people can go on that website and get a free copy of my book. There's a link on there. You can go on there and say, yes, I want a free copy, and it'll get sent to you, along with a really cool little video message that I made for your listeners. And um, if also, when reading the book, there's some freebies on the back for your listeners as well. So... Feel free to go in and get all that free stuff. And um, there's a really cool Facebook group that I have that's called Dare to Be Great with Michelle Gomez. And um, in there, there's tons of content and free advice and guidance. More than anything, it's just a, a community of people that inspire and encourage one another through their evolution. Man, I love that. We love free books. So Roar Nation, I highly encourage you. We give away books all the time. So go to her website, get on there and get yourself a free book. So uh, definitely support that and uh, man, just grow in who you are. So, all right. That being said, Michelle, if you would just hold on just a second as we wrap it up. All right, Roar Nation, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you loved the story of just inspirational of coming through. We've, we've all experienced burnout at some point, but there's just times in our lives uh, that we have to just go to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I just need you to show up in my life right now. And what I love about that is it's just vulnerable. It's real. And when we are truly that way, um, I can't think of a time in my life that God just has not shown up and done incredible things and given me stories of inspiration and of faith to share with people. So, I'd love to hear your stories. If you have some, please uh, get on our Facebook page, share them with us. We'd love to hear them, message us. Uh, My wife, Casey, or myself would love to connect with you. And uh, love you guys. I hope you have a blessed week. And remember, be real, be authentic, and be you. God bless. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. 
We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.